This is Bigger Pockets Daily, and I'm your host, Tyler. If you're ready to learn about real estate investing and you're short on time, what do you say we jump right in? Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home-owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. How to Build Effective Systems in Your Real Estate Business by Andrew Sirius. Part 2. Welcome back. Now let's take a look and move on to the iterative process of building systems and making policies. Again, there's only so much you can do up front. As you go, you will run into all sorts of problems that you hadn't thought of nor planned for. These unique problems, however, are great opportunities to systematize your business. Indeed, with each new decision you make, you should attempt to create a system or policy out of that. Don't just fly by the seat of your pants as problems get thrown at you. Yes, it takes more time in the beginning to systematize and or create policies, but this is a quadrant two activity, important but not urgent. That's what Stephen Covey discusses in his classic book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If you've never read it, please do. These are the tasks that reduce the amount of time you need to spend on such issues going forward. These are quadrant two tasks that maintain or increase the level of performance even as your company is tested by larger and larger operational demands. These quadrant two tasks are the ones you need to prioritize. So to give you an idea of how this works, here's a few examples we've had to deal with and the solution we've had to come up with. Problem number one, cockroach infestation at a house three weeks after a tenant moves in. Policy solution, if infestation is within the first month of tenancy, it's on us. They were likely there when the tenants moved in. Afterwards, the cost is on the tenant. Problem two, tenant constantly pays late. 
clogging up management resources. Policy solution? Allow for one payment plan per year. Afterward, an eviction notice will be filed and the tenant will either need to pay the whole balance or set up a time to leave. Problem three, a maintenance order takes way too long and it was our fault. Policy solution. In such cases, when it's not so egregious, we would consider a rent discount. We offer a gift card to their favorite restaurant, which we ask for when they sign the lease to smooth things over. Of course, not everything can be systematized or made into a policy. On a recent portfolio purchase, a tenant gave notice to leave to the seller while we were under contract. Their lease, however, went for another six months. The seller had been soft about enforcing lease terms, so the tenant thought it would be fine. And they just got a house under contract to buy and couldn't afford both the mortgage and the lease. In this case, we asked the seller to prepay two months of their rent and we would call it good and let the tenant out of their lease. He agreed. You can't really create a policy for such a specific situation, but you can for many. And you can create broad outlines of how to respond to really unique circumstances. Like, for example, if while under contract, the seller wants to let a tenant out of their lease, we expect to be compensated for it. So while it's impossible to cover every scenario, and you certainly need to leave room for flexibility when it comes to many decisions, you can still systematize and make policies for a lot of ground. And that will go a long way to scale your business and facilitate future growth. And continued sanity, by the way. <laughs> now let's take a look at key performance indicators, or KPIs. As you go, you will want to start developing KPIs for each major area of your business. Broad indicators for your company are pretty simple and should include things like gross income, net income after operating expenses, cash flow after debt service, change in income year over year, occupancy rate, delinquency rate, units bought this year. But these indicators are very broad and don't tell you a lot about why things are the way they are. Thereby, you also want to nail down KPIs for managers, or in the high likelihood that you don't have managers, departments, or areas of your business. While it's true that you may not know whether the number you get with any given KPI is good or bad, you know what's better and what's worse. So you know which direction things are going and also have something to aim for, which clarifies your or your manager's goals. Here are some examples that we track for different departments. Acquisition. Properties acquired. Units acquired. Average all-in price per property. Average ARV. Rehab estimate. Rehab actual rehab estimate. Turnover. Total rolling days of all properties in turnover at end of the month. Average days from possession to a finished scope for month. Average days from a finished scope to market ready for the month. Projects completed that month. Average cost of turnover. In property management, you can look at deposits in the month, deposits minus moveouts, percent of potential rent collected or delinquency, lease renewal percentage, occupancy percentage, average rent increase, or total rolling days of properties available for lease on market at end of the month. Maintenance. Closed work orders in the month. Work orders outstanding. Closed work orders. Average time to complete work order in that month. Number of work orders that took longer than 48 business hours to visit. Callback percentage. Those are, of course, just what we do. 
Yours don't have to be the same, but they do give you a good idea of how things are going. And while monthly anomalies shouldn't be surprising, particularly with things like average cost of turnover, these aberrations should work themselves out over the long run and give you a really good idea of how things are going. And if you do have managers, they are a great way to evaluate their job performance without micromanaging or blindly trusting them. And one last note here real quick. In order to track your KPIs effectively, you need to have quality accounting. In addition, in order to sell at top prices and get banks to lend to you or just know whether you're solvent, it's critical to have your accounting in order. This is not something to skimp on. Make accounting a priority and either learn accounting or, better yet, outsource or hire someone capable of doing it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen small investors selling a property with horrible accounting. Such a state of affairs not only reduces the value of their asset, but it makes it all but impossible to scale. And let's wrap things up today with the conclusion. Systems and policies are essential for scaling, and scaling is essential for growth. But again, the biggest takeaway here is not just that systems and policies are good and necessary, it's that building them is an iterative process that truly never ends. Don't be scared or overwhelmed by the thought of them. Every entrepreneur starts with zero systems in the same way every real estate investor starts with zero properties. <laughs> but in the same way, you don't intend to stay at zero properties. You should intend to grow your systems alongside your company. Back forth, around and around, forever and ever. Thanks for checking out this episode of Bigger Pockets Daily. Remember, every Thursday there's a new episode of the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast. And they drop an episode each Sunday, too. Twice a week. Sheesh. Slackers. But seriously, check out Brandon and David's show. You can search for it on your podcast app or go to biggerpockets.com slash podcast. Meanwhile, I'll meet you back here tomorrow.